It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100-GAMBLER. Visit rg-help.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Coast Bias Boys right here on FanDuel TV. For everybody listening on the Ring of Gambling Show, we are ready to rock. We got a ton of football we are going to get to as we start breaking down all the ins and outs of week six in the NFL. We will do that in a little bit. But we are going to start the party off as I welcome in Joe House, Raheem Palmer, yours truly, J.J. Jonjuszczewski, back from my Florida glow. Guys, we have NBA win totals. We have NBA preview We're starting today with the Eastern Conference. Then next week, we're going to hit the Western Conference. I know that puts a smile on the face of Joe House. Raheem Palmer is feeling ready to go. House, I want to hit you on this right out of the gate. Before we start, you know, firing through these divisions and firing through some totals that we like, would you say, and, you know, there's been at times a change in the balance of power throughout the league, but would you say that top to bottom you like the overall depth of the Eastern Conference better or top to bottom, do you like the overall depth of the Western Conference better? Where do you stand going into 2023? Well, it depends on what you mean by like, because I feel like the East is easier to navigate and we'll have the opportunity to go through this. The Western Conference, to me, this upcoming season is a murder. I'm having a very hard time trying to pick between the eight teams that are going to make the playoffs. There are legitimately, you know, to me, 10 teams with absolutely uh, very ambitious, proper claims to be in the playoffs and do things in the Western Conference playoffs. It might take 46 or 47 wins to be the eight seed in the West, JJ. The East is a little bit easier. So I, I like the way the East is set up. The West is by far the deeper conference, the tougher conference across the board to me, um, but we're going to do the East today, and I'm happy that we're going to, you know, sort of ease our way into it, Dream. Yeah, I think there's a clear hierarchy in the East, and if you look at some of these win totals, you got the Bucks at 54, the Celtics at 54, the Cavs at 50. When you look at the West, there's only one team with a win total over 50, and that's the Denver Nuggets. And, you know, one thing I want to remind you guys is that when it comes to win totals over 50, 37, 22, and 1 to the under. When you look at win totals of 52 or higher, 31 and 16 to the under. So there's more teams in the East with higher win totals, but the West is deeper, just like House said. So it's really going to be interesting to see how this plays out. So that's a great nugget there as far as the tough element that's in play of hitting these lofty win totals because – The NBA has changed, as we know, fellas, over the last decade, over the last 15 years, where, you know, you don't have as much emphasis on the regular season teams knowing, hey, we got to make sure our players are right come playoff time and tougher to hit those gaudy and top-notch win totals if you're putting them in the early to mid-50s. All right, so the Atlantic Division, it has the Boston Celtics who made the Drew Holiday trade that go and add Kristaps Porzingis in the Atlantic Boston is at minus 240. 
Then you have Philadelphia, who knows how to get to the playoffs and knows how to lose in the playoffs. They're at plus 340. My Knickerbockers are at plus 750 to win the Atlantic Division. And then you have the Nets at 27 to 1. And you have the Toronto Raptors at 39 to 1. So, fellas, I- I- I'm going to start the party here with a couple of these win totals. We're going to try and hit all these. We're going to give out our best bets and we're going to kind of do a round table and get a sense and get a feel for what we like, what we're aligned on, what we're not aligned on and kind of go from there. Uh, I'm starting in my backyard. I'm starting in my adopted borough. It's not my real borough because it's not the borough I was born in. I grew up in, but I live there now. And, you know, I see the fraud for gazing net fans all over the place that lost Kevin Durant, that lost Kyrie Irving. And guys, let's be fair about Brooklyn last year. They played hard for Jock Vaughn. They did. I know House and I weren't happy about the fact that they ended up finding their way into the playoffs, but then we faded against them to the high heavens and made a whole lot of money doing so in the process. So, listen, I guess at the end of the day, it did work out. But if you look at Brooklyn's record after they made that Kevin Durant trade, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, they played hard. They competed. They added Mikael Bridges. They have all of these, you know, 3 and D type guys. They didn't win a whole lot of games. So their win total to me from last year is way too inflated. And I think it's putting too much stock in what they were doing. I, I To me, Brooklyn is not one of the six best teams in the Eastern Conference. I think they're lucky at best to be a playing team. I'm seeing their win total. Is it at 36 and a half? Raheem, I am on the under for the Nets at 36 and a half. They might be feisty. They are not going north of this win total, dude. Don't see it. I'm actually seeing 37 and a half right now at FanDuel Sportsbook. It's juice to the under at minus 114. I think you make a good point. The Nets went 11 and 13 after the All-Star break, and they got into the playoffs basically because of what they did with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, now, they're going to have a full training camp, which Jacques Vaughn, um, Ben Simmons kind of looks a lot better. Um, I think this one total is right. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's right where it should be though. Um, so I don't have an opinion either way. Um, but I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> JJ, I feel the exact same way. I'm not uh gonna play on this Nets number. I feel like it could come in right around 39, 38, 37. It feels like they don't have any incentive to tank, and they do have assets if they wanted to jump in, if there's an opportunity that jumps up. For them um, in the in the trade market, they might you know dabble in it. They still you know have all of that Phoenix uh, you know the, the 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 wonderful treasure that came over for KD. Um, they have a lot of guys that play the same position, but they could definitely score. Um, it was kind of a schizophrenic experience watching them. JJ, as you and I tried to fade them down the stretch last year, I didn't enjoy it. But um, they're right at the middle, and and that number to me feels like it's. In the, in the correct neighborhood. All right. So I guess for the most part, I'm getting a blessing on this because you guys are not fighting me to death on taking the Brooklyn Nets over. So Raheem, there's another one I'm thinking about. I actually like a lot of these win totals in this division. Don't ask why. Maybe it's in my backyard. Maybe I'm a showing off my New York tri-state area bias here on East Coast bias, but I don't really care. Your Sixers dream. I look at their win total, and we know what's going on with the whole James Harden fiasco. You got Joel Embiid, yes, coming off an MVP season, but Joel Embiid in a position where, you know, you wonder about how many games is he going to play? Is he going to be able to stay on the court? And yes, they have themselves a new head coach in Nick Nurse. 47 and a half wins. Dream, this total seems a little too good to be true. Am I missing something here? You're saying it's too good to be true in terms of taking from the over? From an over perspective. Yes, from an over perspective. Because you're well, saying I, that maybe one of the four best teams in the Eastern Conference, you'd think they're going to hit 48 wins, wouldn't you think? Well, I mean, you the biggest factor involving this involves James Harden. We don't know if he's going to show up in a fat suit. I mean, he is in training camp right now. He is a free agent. We don't know if they're going to trade James Harden to the Clippers. We There's just a lot that we don't know. And I think that's the biggest issue of why this total was so low. It actually was, I think it was 46 at one point. I'm seeing, you know, 48 right now. Now, if, if you ask me, if you have James Harden, if you have Tyrese Maxey, who is emerging, if you have Joel Embiid, who is the reigning MVP, then... This total is set way too low. When you look at the NBA era, 
you, you since 2017, 2018, 52 wins, 51 wins. Um, 2020, they have 43 wins, um, but that was a, in a pandemic-shortened season. Then after that, you have 49 wins, 51 wins. Last year, 54 wins. So I think this the, this number is basically set because of the uncertainty around James Harden. And, I mean, their floor is a lot higher than this. So that's a totally fair observation. I have a confession to make to you guys. This number was in the 49 and a half, 49 range earlier this summer. And as we entered into this, you know, kind of early fall, I I can't tell you how many times I bet the under on the Philadelphia 76ers under 49 and a half and under 49, all attributable to the James Harden situation. I think this is a radically different kind of, of problem for Daryl Morey than the Ben Simmons situation. He had the luxury of time with the Ben Simmons situation. He let that, you know, sort of mature. There was a market out there for Ben Simmons and he, there was no reason for the Sixers to hurry. This is different. We, if there was a market for James Harden, he'd already be on another team. And the position that I think the Sixers are going to find themselves in is, is a 60 to, to 65 to 70 cent dollar on the dollar deal for Harden. They're not going to get back full value for Harden. Well, how important was Harden to Joel Embiid last season? He only propped him up and propelled him to the MVP of the league. And so I, I really, it's not a far cry to say that this team, you know, comes in four or five games less because of the diminished talent and that, that combination, the chemistry James Harden played hard all season long. He led the NBA in assists. So, you know, that, that regular season total to me, it feels like a great under opportunity. JJ, where you're getting it at 47 and a half, I have less inclination to mess with it because that's right at the number. That's right at the heart of it. But to, I love, I love what I hold in terms of tickets under 49 and a half and under 49. Fair enough. Okay. I have one more I want to share with you guys, but in the Atlantic division, uh, Raheem, is there anything you like here? Is there anything you want to share? Um, there's nothing in the Atlantic division. I, I, I really want to bet if I had to bet something, I would bet the Toronto Raptors under, um, I said this before Masai Ujiri. I mean, he did put together that championship winning roster for this team. However, I mean, he's become the fantasy football player who overvalues his asset and doesn't want to do anything. So, um, I feel like this is a team that could find itself blowing it up. So I would lean under 36 and a half on the Toronto Raptors, but I'm staying away from it right now. That's an under I like. Uh, that's one I'm probably adding to the portfolio because they do have blow it up potential. They do have a lot of guys that are going to be very appealing, I think, come January and February. House, is there anything outside of that Philly number that you have that you want to get on board with in the Atlantic? Not in the Atlantic. I, we, we've touched on the teams that I had my eye on. You you walked through it, um, JJ. So I, I, I'm good in the Atlantic. All right, I got one more then. Uh, and it's near and dear to my heart. The Knicks are going over their win total, fellas. They're going over their win total. And I understand what the narrative is with Tom Thibodeau every other year. Guys playing too much minutes. I know what the deal is. You have a bunch of guys on that team who are regular season players. They embrace the idea of playing in the regular season and playing a lot of games. That means Jalen Brunson. That means Julius Randle. I, I think having all of the high basketball IQ of the Villanova guys, I'm telling you right now, guys, the Knicks are winning in the high 40s again. I'm in on it. Give it to me right now. The Knicks are winning in the high 40s. I like that total. House, I see you shaking your head. You don't like it. Here's the issue for me. And... Just to not bury the lead, I like the over. I bet on the Knicks over, uh, over 45 and a half. I do like it quite a bit. I like their depth. The Julius Randle thing is concerning to me because the way that last season ended, the guy that he was injured, coming back and playing, it seemed like insisting on playing, taking minutes away from their best chance to beat the Heat. Now, there's a couple ways to think about it, right? It was a valiant effort by, by Julius, perhaps. But, JJ, you know this. You're in New York. Go around and ask, uh, you know, anybody on the street, 
how they like do the, they the like Julius Randle? No, yes. they don't. House, you're 100 right. I understand. But, that's right. But here, but here, but here's my counter to that. Last year at this time, they hated Julius Randle maybe even more than they do right now. I know he stuck okay. up to join the playoffs, but he did but he have was an All Star season. He was hurt, and he played. You you know what I mean? House, like I don't want Randle on this team. In a perfect world, the Knicks would move on from Julius Randle. It kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. He overcame the adversity of last year, basically taking on the fans. I kind of think at this point, he's kind of used to this, dude. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe so. That's the only hesitation or reservation I have with the Knicks. I love how young they are. You know, their average uh, age, around under 26 years old. The Dante DiVincenzo addition made sense. The guys that they lost in Toppin and... and um, Derek Rose, it wasn't like big losses, right? They're not, it's not changing rotations any. And you know what Tibbs are going to play hard. I, I, I like the over, JJ. Um, if there's one thing that br- brings me pause about this, it's when you look at what the Knicks did last year, they were really healthy. Only the Sacramento Kings lost fewer games to injury or non-COVID-19 illnesses than the New York Knicks. So if they get, you know, some injury luck that doesn't go their way, this could be an under, but I think this this win total is right where it should be. Um, at forty five, I think it's a sharp number. And if you if you look at FanDuel Sportsbook right now, has it forty five and a half? But the over is juiced at plus one sixteen. So that's not that encouraging for me. Um, they're gonna give you positive juice and a positive number on <laughs> on the Knicks to go over. Um, I think that's that speaks loudly, fellas. I know you guys weren't in love with the Atlantic Division. I was. Uh, it was near and dear to my heart. The Southeast Division, or whatever they're calling it these days. This is where, I guess, Raheem and House are aligned. And I don't know what the picks are. I just know there are a lot of them. That's coming up. We got you covered. Previewing the Eastern Conference right here. East Coast Bias, FanDuel TV, and the Ringer Gambling Show. That's out. Get ready to start the NFL week off right. Because right now, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay for Thursday night football. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay on this week's game between the Chiefs and the Broncos, and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. Me, personally, I like the Denver Broncos, plus 10.5 against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. You guys know the numbers. Patrick Mahomes, great quarterback, doesn't really cover as a double-digit favorite that much, so we go with the Broncos, plus 10.5. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. And FanDuel is now live in Kentucky. Download the app now and take advantage of all of their great special offers, boosts, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com gamblers so you don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and up and present in select states. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund is $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Let's get to the Southeast. This is where the boys got a lot of takes. Miami is favored to win this division at minus 190. And if you know this about the Heat, two years ago, they took the regular season very seriously. Last year, they did not take the regular season very seriously, found themselves in a plan, found themselves down with five minutes to play against the Chicago Bulls in that particular plan, won the game, beat the Bucks, beat the Knicks, beat the Celtics, and found their way all the way to the NBA Finals. So you never underestimate the cockroaches that are the Miami Heat, and I say that in the most complimentary way imaginable. They're at minus 190 to win the division. Atlanta, who has a lot of talent and is going to be very well coached with Quinn Snyder. They're at plus 220 to win the division. Then you got Orlando, 9-1. Charlotte, plus 2,800. And then your Wizards, 120 to one house to win the Southeast division. All right, boys. This is where you got to go and steal the show. Raheem and House, I know you guys got a lot of picture like. Raheem, I'm going to give you the honors. Take it away. Okay. You know, the notorious VIG, he had a record called Dead Wrong. Well, this win total is dead wrong. I'm going to Charlotte Hornets over 30 and a half wins. Um, when you look at this team, um, Steve Clifford's coaching, you have um, LaMelo Ball. But last year, um, they didn't have Miles Bridges. They still won 27 games. So, you know, you look at last year. 
25th in defensive rating until last season's All-Star break. They put Mark Williams in the starting lineup, and they were 7th in defensive rating to finish the season. You got LaMelo Ball, you got Brandon Miller, you got Miles Bridges. I, I just think there's a lot here, and this team should be able to go over. I mean, last year, I mean, the year before last year, they went 43 and 39 with pretty much a similar core, and they made the play-in game. So why is this total only 30 and a half? I think you can go over 30 and a half, and if there's some alternate win totals, I think you could play that as well. So I really like this one. I'm intrigued with that one, House, and I'm intrigued because I've always been a Steve Clifford fan. That to me, and I, I like the way he coaches teams. I, I like the way they compete. I, I think you've noticed that with his teams over the years. I think that is a worthwhile win total, Raheem. I'm always looking for a bad team or two to get in board, get on board with, and start to you know get it rolling. And Charlotte could win in a mid to high 30s house. I like that. Uh, absolutely. You know, before we we got to taping, we told you JJ, the dream, and I had some some thoughts coming out of the Southeast Conference, and we deliberately did not you know, volunteer who we were leaning into. This is one of my absolute favorite plays across the board and, and, and including the Western conference, one that I have loaded into, and I'm going to continue to heap money on it. 30 and a half. It, it's a, it's a market overreaction over correction. They have six or seven legit NBA guys and a great mix of youth and, and vets. I mean, we, we have Terry Rozier still on this team. We have Gordon Hayward still on, on this team. We have PJ Washington still on this team. Nick Richards is a terrific uh, backup center. Mark Williams as a starting center. Like this is a, 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 a team with no incentive to tank that is coming in with new ownership that I think is going to come out, turn out. It's a professional basketball team to dreams point. That number it, it's just wrong. The 43 win total from two years ago is the correct barometer. And I, I mean, I, I can't uh, it, it express my enthusiasm anymore for, for this Charlotte situation. And okay. one thing I want to add, one thing I want to add last year, LaMelo ball only played 36 games. Miles Bridges played zero games. They still had 27 wins. In 2022, Miles Bridges played 80 games and LaMelo Ball played 75. So um, I, I just think this, this is, I, I don't know what they were thinking with this win total. I know there's a lot of parity, but they're going to get more than 30 and a half wins. I think it's a good point with the injuries too. Maybe a little bit of a market correction. We were talking about it with the Knicks being one of the healthier teams in the league a year ago. Maybe seeing a little dip as far as that goes in Charlotte. We had a lot of bad injury luck last year. Maybe not having better luck this year. Okay, and, you know, even even with Kai Jones um, <laughs> asking for a trade request, I, I'm not worried about this one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hopping on board. It's a family play. I'm in Charlotte over 30 and a half wins. House, another one here in the southeast. What do you got? Let's stay deep down in the ugly territory. I'm here to tell you, I got the cap. I'm rocking it. The Washington Wizards at 23 and a half is a lock of the year over. It's an over, gentlemen. Dream can tell you about the stats for teams that are forecasted with under 25 wins. They tend to go over at a a pretty high rate in in like the 58 to 63% range. But that's not the thesis for why this team's going over. This team is not built to tank. In fact, I would argue that this team has at least at the very least, as much talent as last year's team that won 35 games and had a Pythagorean that should have been 38. The combination of Tyus uh, uh, Jones and Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma is at least as good as 40 games of Bradley Beal, Beta Beal, and uh, my guy, Kristaps uh, Porzingis, who did indeed have a career year and make himself marketable and go on to a, a, a great situation for him. I hope there's a ring in his future. He was nothing but honorable here in Washington, D.C. But uh, I'm here to tell you. you. You might want a ring in his future. I most certainly do not want a ring in his future. Sorry. Uh, well, that, was, that, one, that, that was just one of you, one of these situations where, <laughs> you know, he, he, he in, in the greater uh, metropolitan area of New York just could not get on the same page. He he was young then too. He's mature, JJ. I'm telling you, he was very honorable here in Washington. But uh, this Washington team is not built to tank. They're not incented to tank. All these guys are either 
auditioning for their next situation or auditioning for their next contract. None of these guys are going to come out and show out less effort. So the way you want to size this one up, if you want to try and, and, you know, build the case for it, how many games is Washington play between the start of the year and the trade deadline? I sat down and counted it out. It's in the range of 53, 54, somewhere in that neighborhood, over 50 games. They might get this win total through the first 53 or 54 games because they're going to play hard. It is a, they're a round of 500 on a talent basis. Daniel Gafford is playing hard. Um, Denny Abdia is, is, is playing hard. Corey Kispert wants another contract. Delon Wright wants to be in a great situation for him. He's a terrific defender. Their number one pick, uh, Bilal Koulibaly, He's got arms that are that look as long as Wemby's. I'm telling you, defensively, they're going to be a little bit of an interesting case. They are not here to tank. They are a lock over for this upcoming season, JJ. Wow, Raheem, he's in on his Wizards. Uh, I'm not going to be telling him on it. I understand the logic. It's just somebody's got to stink this year. You know what I mean? Like somebody's got to stink. So I'm not betting. I'm not betting against you here, House but I'm going to leave you on an island with this one. I'm in on the Hornets. I'm going to bet the Hornets as soon as East Coast Bias, by the way, comes to a close. Uh, But I'm going to tread lightly on the lock of the century from our guy, Joe House, who, by the way, is red hot with his underdogs on Ring of Wise Guys. Just throwing that out there. But Raheem, for you, Southeast, pick number two. I I have a feeling where you're going, but I'm not positive where you're going. So take it away. Let's go with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I knew it. I said this before. I mean, Quinn Snyder is going to add so much to this team. And it felt like the the Hawks, they underperformed with Trey Young and and DeJounte Murray. So you add the fact that Quinn Snyder is there. And I know you trade um, Collins, but I don't think they're going to miss him at all. And I just think they have plenty of wings. They got Sadiq Bey. They got Griffin. They got Hunter. Um, I just think they're in a good position. And I, I just think what Quinn Snyder adds to this team, you're talking about he coached a Utah team, which had offenses that were ranked in the top five every year that he was there for the most part. So I think he adds a lot to this this Hawks team. You saw them push the Boston Celtics in the postseason last year. So I'm going over 41 and a half wins. I, I think they get there with ease. Oh, I love it. And I thought House, our buddy Raheem was going to go to win the division. I know we've talked about this a lot, the idea of taking Atlanta to win the division. I'm on this win total as well as an over. They are going to have a winning record. The Quinn Snyder effect is real and spectacular. Are we going to make this a family playhouse? Come on, get on board here. Let's go. Well, I've already expressed my enthusiasm for this Hawks team and for and for Coach uh, uh, Snyder. I, their, their Pythagorean last year was was 42. They won 41. We're not asking them to do anything but be a tiny bit better than last year. Can they win one more game than last year? Of course they can. I like them very much on the over. It's why the over is juiced. It's minus 132. So you got to lay a little bit out here. But the most important thing to me is Coach Snyder turning this team and getting its its attention on some defense. They're, they're the last three seasons, 21st in 2021. 26th and then 22nd last year. Can we get a top 20 defense out of the Hawks? I know how vulnerable my guy Trey Young is when it comes to playing defense. He's a little bit allergic to it, but is there some system? What can we do with DeAndre Hunter to try and instill a little defense into this team, Dream? Oh, yeah. And that, that's the biggest place that they need improvement. But, you know, last year, um, like to me, offensively, they they left a lot on the table. So I mean, I think they were seventh in offensive rating, and we've seen them be much better than that in the Trey Young era. So I'm expecting them to have a top five, top ten offense, and just they improve a little bit defensively. They easily get over 41 and a half wins. So I'm excited about that one, <laughs> fellas. Let's get to the central quickly before we do some football. Milwaukee with Lillard and Giannis minus three sixty. No surprise there. Cavaliers, great regular season, embarrassing first round showing against my New York Knicks at plus 260. Then you got the long shots. Bulls 36 to 1, Pacers 36 to 1, uh, and then Detroit 250 to 1. So there's that for the Central Division. I got one here. I like Indiana this year. That's the team I have circled. I think they're well coached. I liked what I saw down the stretch. I'm going over on them, Dream. That's the only play I have in this division, over at 38 and a half wins. 
I like that one. I, I, I really like that one. So um, I think that's one that's going to be popular on pretty much every podcast, content creator, better. Like you add Bruce Brown, you add Obi Toppin, um, the continued improvement of Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin. I think that's an easy over. A lot of people are going to be on that. Um, what is that up to 38 and a half right now? So right now on FanDuel, I have it up. It's plus money, plus 104 at 38 and a half. Okay. I, I thought it opened at 35, so I, um, I imagine it got bet up a little bit. Um, that kind of brings me a little bit of pause because at some point, you know, you got to start thinking about going back the, going the other way. But I do like this one. I, I absolutely love this one. This is one of my very favorite bets. So it's going to end up being a, a, a family play. They were 22 and 18 before Halliburton got hurt last season. And, you know, they went into a little bit of a spiral. They were seven and 19 without him. But I, I absolutely love what they did in terms of the additions. I think that the um, boost that Halliburton is going to get from being on Team USA, those reps are invaluable reps. Those were leadership reps. Those are next level reps. That's how a guy goes from a, you know, near superstar to a potential super duper star because he was an absolute uh, uh, boss on that team and he, he they needed his leadership all the way through. I think that this Pacers team is built for it. I'm on Rick Carlisle for potential coach of the year at 16 to one. I got that number in uh, over the summer. That's how much I believe in this Pacers. So the over is a no brainer for me. They're, they're in, a, in the low forties for me uh, at a minimum for, for wins this upcoming season. And that's a team I'll be thinking about throwing a little mixed playoff bet as well. Uh, Raheem, anything you like here in the central? Okay, I'm looking at the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, that's a team I really love. I love the fact that they added Max Struess. Um, I love the fact that they added shooting. I think they're going to come in, you know, really excited. And just, they got to bounce back after that loss to the Knicks. So that's one I really like. I don't like to play these win totals over 50, but I think that's one that's probably going to get there. Also, look at the Chicago Bulls. I lean towards their under. I think they have real tanking potential, blow it up potential, just because I could see them getting rid of DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and, and, and blowing this thing up. So that's one I'm I'm kind of looking at as well. I agree with Dreams Leans in both of those instances. The only thing that I'll say about this division, my my team was the Pacers. I absolutely adore. You just mentioned it at the end there, JJ. Their 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 number to make the playoffs is plus one twenty six. Plus money for this team to make the playoffs in the East feels wonderful to me. That's one. Let's go make an investment. Let's borrow some money from the Podfather and and really get some leverage going here, fellas. This is well, one that listen, I you I think are, is a great for, one. For what it's worth, you are going to see him this weekend. I know you got your big extravaganza coming up next week, so. Uh, if you want to do that on our behalf, I don't think Raheem and I are going to have the chutzpah to do it. Uh, <laughs> if you were so inclined, no, Joe House, by all means, I'd be more than happy to get in on that uh, potential investment, my man. We'll see what we can do. I like the sound of that. All right, I know what we can do. We're going to transition and get you ready for week six across the board in the NFL. Uh, there's a game that immediately stands out. Uh, we'll see if we can keep the London streak going. I had a lot of losers last week, but... Not on East Coast Bias. So week six, NFL preview, coming your way next. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's transition. Week six NFL. Um, it's weird how the games kind of shake out this week, fellas. The Sunday night game is an abomination with the Bills taking on the Giants. The four o'clock slate, I never in a million years thought that Lions and Bucks would be the most appealing game in the four o'clock slate, but it's not even close. It's the most appealing game in the four o'clock slate. But I, I think for a headliner house, Seattle and Cincinnati fascinates me the most because I had Cincinnati last week. I thought they were undervalued against Arizona. I thought Arizona was way too trendy and way too public. And Cincinnati, for the first time all year, looked like the Cincinnati team we saw in 2021 and the Cincinnati team that we saw throughout most of last season. Is that a byproduct of the Arizona Cardinals or have the Bengals found something? 
I, fellas, for what it's worth, think they have found something here. And I know what the trends say. Pete Carroll, West Coast, East Coast, very good. Seattle, extra time. Seattle, very good in these spots. I think Cincinnati's a little bit back from the dead here, boys. That's one I have circled. My lean on that one right out of the gate. Raheem, I like the Bengals laying three. Uh, am I crazy or are you hopping on board? I'm not sure if they've totally found something. I mean, that Arizona Cardinals team, I want to remind everybody, I said this last week, their win total was three and a half. And yes. the Bengals actually, I mean, the Bengals were down in that game up until the time that Josh Dobbs threw that pick six at the end of the first half. And, you know, like Joe Burrow, he did look a lot better. He did throw the ball down the field a lot more than he did previously. I mean, his A dot was 6.8. Um, so previously, I mean, you had a guy who couldn't throw it more than 10, 15 yards, and he's throwing bombs to Jamar Chase. So they're back in that aspect. However, I think the Bengals' defense is still a major concern. They're not the defense that they were before. Um, um, Awuzie didn't play last week. Um, Tyler Higgins on the offensive side, he's still uh, questionable for this week. Um, so I just I, I think Seattle is kind of live here. Um, I'm seeing some sharp money on Seattle. I'm staying away from this game, but I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> JJ, I, I'm in the same boat. You know what the Bengals found? They found Joe Burrow some kind of magic cream for that calf because it was a radically different Joe Burrow. What you were describing, JJ, in terms of the, the Bengals looking right was Joe Burrow looking right. He could finally throw the ball downfield. He could finally find Jamar Chase 15 times for, you know, however many touchdowns and, and over 200 yards. It was the version of the Bengals that we anticipated coming into this season. The 11 and a half win forecasted Bengals. The problem with Cincinnati and dream hit on it is the defense. They have two wins so far this season. The Bengals, <laughs> they beat the NFC West twice. They beat the, the Rams and they beat the Cardinals. Congratulations. Two teams with combined win total. I think nine. Did we get up to nine? If you combine those two teams, Seattle is the real deal. They are top 10 on offense, DVOA, both rushing and passing. They have good special teams. I'm not messing around with this. Geno Smith as an underdog has a good record. 61% against the spread. Pete Carroll, same thing as a dog. And road underdogs just in general, two and a half to three points. Historically, a nice trend there, around 55%. I think the Seattle th team coming off of a bye is, is in a decent position here to, to show out against Cincinnati. I'm with Dream. I'm not, I'm not jumping in here. All right. The other big game. Detroit and Tampa. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying it with a straight face. Detroit and Tampa, a monstrous game. That Lion team is impressive, House. Um, you know I'm a believer in what their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, can do. Goff is playing great. I mean, I know Carolina stinks, but they didn't have St. Brown. They didn't have Gibbs, and they're still putting up monstrous point totals a week ago. But this is a good spot, I think, for Tampa here. Tampa off a week. Tampa with a tough defense, Detroit going on the road, everybody blowing a lot of smoke up there, derriere. I haven't decided how if I'm betting this one, but I'm definitely in the category in the camp of I'm betting Tampa or I'm laying off this game. Where do you stand on Lions and Bucks? I think that's the right way to approach it. I'm afraid of this Lions team. I'm not going against them. They're coming off with three straight double-digit wins. They're 13-2 and two against the spread in their last 15 games. They've just been taking care of business for a full NFL season now, right? If you go back into the last year. And they have um, – it's in the trenches that they have these these advantages. Uh, part of the thing that that's concerning with Tampa, if that's the side you want to get on – they um, are not good in their early down success rate. And Dream pointed out to us that the uh, Mike Evans um, injury situation, we won't know until Friday. I don't like Baker without any one of those uh, assets on offense against this Detroit defense that's been getting after everybody. So to me, it's your, your lean is right. It's Tampa or stay away. I'm personally going to stay away. Yeah, I'm personally going to stay away from this one as well. Um, we did. I mean, one of the, the interesting things is that there's six games with, you know, extreme weather conditions. Um, um, I think, well, this is not one of them. I thought it was one of them. But one of the things that concern me about this game is, is Mike Evans being out. But then when you look at the other side of the field, if Mike Evans does play, 
the Lions, they're really missing multiple guys in the secondary. Emmanuel Mosley, he tore his ACL. And the last um, receiving core that you want to face is Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So um, that's something I would want to look for. But then also, I don't know what Baker Mayfield is right now. When you look at his career, this is a guy who struggled against the Blitz. This is a guy who struggled against any type of pressure. And for whatever reason, this year, he's been a completely different quarterback. So I'm expecting Aiden Hutchinson to be able to, you know, get, generate some pressure and cause some problems. We we did see this total drop. I think it opened at 45 and a half. It's down to 43 and a half. I think this might be a lower scoring game because I think Tampa's defense can kind of keep this one, keep them in this. And they've gotten some guys back in the secondary on their defense as well. So um, I don't think this is a higher scoring game. I don't have anything on the side though. All right. I agree. Under, under, under for Tampa Bay and Detroit. I think that number may be a little bit out of whack uh, for what it's worth. When we come back, fellas, we have a Thursday night game that appears super lopsided. But history tells us when these teams match up, even knowing the history of the Chiefs and the Broncos over the last six, seven years, some wacky stuff can happen. So we're going to have some wacky stuff on Thursday night. We'll find out. Before we get to Chiefs and Broncos, we got to get to another London game. And I want to toot our own horn because a week ago, we told you it was a terrible spot for the Buffalo Bills. And I'm just mad at myself for not betting Jacksonville on the money line. I did take Jacksonville plus the points. Wish I could have given it out on Ring of Wise Guys. But guess what? Show tapes on Sunday or it airs on Sunday, whatever the case may be. We have another London game house. Our Titans, who lost a tough one last week. The Titans take it on the Ravens. The Ravens lost a hideous game. Don't get me started with how hideous that game was. It looks like Tennessee is the darling of the public. Everybody right now wants to hop on, take a Mike Vrabel's team, getting points, line open to five and a half. It's now down to four. I don't have a great feel on this game. Baltimore, Tennessee. Yeah, House I'm man, not going to play a side in this game. Although, you know, in the in the... Uh, games I play where you have to pick every team against the every game against the I'll take Baltimore. I'll lay the points. I'm not really uh, afraid of it under these circumstances. The thing that's caught my eye is the total It's sitting at, at 41. The Ravens have gone under in 15 of their last 19. The Titans have gone under in eight of their last nine. Tennessee and Baltimore in the games they played thus far this season, they played 10 games. They failed to go over 40 in seven of them. So guess what I'm about to do? I'm taking the over boys. I want them on this fast track over in London early in the morning. Everybody acclimating the offense has the advantage over the defense in my humble opinion. And all those points that the Ravens left on the field and gave away in a, in a beautiful uh, brown paper ba- bra- brown paper bag full of Pramonti sandwiches down there in Pittsburgh. They're going to grab all those points and they're going to get out and, and, and get running. I thought that the Titans moved the ball through the air against the Colts decently. The Titans are just bad in the red zone. Three uh, stopped on fourth and one and also three field goals. A little bit of regression there. 40 is not a big number to jump over. 41, I'm on the over for that game. Okay, so I agree with House. Um, I like the over. Over 41, um, 41 and a half, I like both of them. This Titans defense is a mess. I mean, it's hot garbage. I mean, you're looking at 21st in dropback EPA per play, 27th in dropback success rate. They gave up 429 yards and seven yards per play against the Colts last week. Now, here's an interesting caveat about this game. The last time the Ravens played in London, they lost 44 to 7 to the Jacksonville Jaguars back in 2017. So what does John Harbaugh do? He decides, look, we're flying in early. We're flying in Monday. As soon as we after right after the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, they flew in. Meanwhile, you look at the Tennessee Titans. They're flying in Thursday or Friday. So they're not going to have as much time to acclimate themselves to this game. Now, House mentioned the fact that the Baltimore Ravens, they left all the points on the the board against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know what type of voodoo that uh, Mike Tomlin has, which causes them to drop wide open passes to make dumb mistakes, but it always happens in those divisional games. Well, this is not a divisional game. This is a Ravens team hungry to bounce back from the loss that they had last week that they should have won because they dominated that game. And to me, this Titans team, 
They're a team that, I mean, they're on their way down. So I like the Baltimore Ravens minus four here. I think they win this game by a touchdown or more. If they didn't lose to the Steelers, this line would be even higher. These two teams are on totally different levels. I like the Ravens and the over. I'm with you on Baltimore because I think the books are begging you to take Tennessee with all of the Vrabel track record uh, of being an underdog. And Baltimore, I know, is not a great favorite. Uh, we saw that last week on full display against the Steelers. I do think, to Dream's point, though, that a right side in the game. All right, Thursday night football. Denver and Kansas City, guys. The Chiefs are laying 10 and a half. We don't know if Kelsey's going to play. But we know this, House. The Denver Broncos have been traditionally very spunky against the Chiefs. It's one of those things. I know I had Denver last week. Sean Payton did everything in his power not to cover that game against the New York Jets. Well, guess what I'm doing on Thursday night? I'm going to be sitting in the SNY studios. I can't have a cold one because I got to work. The feet will be up. Uh, I'll be hooting and hollering. And I'm grabbing those 10 and a half with the Broncos house. I think JJ, it's going to be closer than you think. Uh, against my better wisdom, I am joining you. And by the way, you never heard of a brown paper bag? Bring a little something, you know, in the, or in the, what are you millennials? On a subway, it's one thing. You millennials drink these water bottles. Put a little something tasty in the water bottle. In any event, don't get fired, but do play on the Denver Broncos getting the 10 and a half points. I'm joining you on this, and there's a handful of reasons. Dream mentioned weather that's going to be affecting a whole bunch of games. The weather forecast for this game as as, at time of taping, and, and everybody, please monitor this. The, the, it's a it's a south to southeast wind going 20 to 28 miles an hour with gusts as high as 40 miles an hour. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs already have bad receivers. I mean, poor Patrick Mahomes can't put the ball any any tighter to those guys, and they can't hold on to it. If they don't have Kelsey, and honestly, it doesn't make sense for the Chiefs to risk any any additional injury to Kelsey, he should sit this one out. Then I like very much the idea of the chiefs in a slowdown, grind them out. Look at the Isaiah Pacheco rushing yard totals. That's a way to play this game. Look at this. The, the, the total opened at 51 and a half and is all the way down now to 47 and a half. But the, the, the spread is saying at 10 and a half, 10 and a half against a 47 and a half is how you win bets. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are not great against the spread when they're laying big numbers. He's 40, 41% against the spread when a favorite of more than a touchdown. Good spot for the Broncos here, even though they've lost 15 straight to the Chiefs, JJ. <laughs> I, I, I agree with House on this. Um, JJ, I hope I don't have to see you laid out like Harry Doyle in Major League <laughs> hammered <laughs> while you um while you're calling games, but I, I like the Broncos in this spot. Um, you look at Patrick Mahomes as a double digit favorite, eight, 13 and one that's 38%. Mahomes with a spread of seven or more 16, 22 and one, just 42%. So we know the know the chiefs, they don't cover these big numbers at all. And when you look at the fact that Travis Kelsey is low banged up during a short week, I think the chiefs get in and out of there with maybe like a three point win, or maybe they might even lose this game outright because I mean, this Broncos team, you know they're hungry after that loss to the Jets. And there's one thing I will say about this Broncos team is that the offense has still been solid. It's the defense, which has been historically bad. A let's ride spot for the fellas. Broncos plus 10 and a half. Ben against the best player in the sport. What could go wrong? Nah, it's going to win and it's going to win big. Before we say goodbye, take a quick break. Best bets, week six. Boys are coming right back. Before we say goodbye, week six, best bets. Dream, I'm starting with you. We gave out some winners already, but what is catching our eye? Go to Houston Texans, plus one and a half against the New Orleans Saints. I'm still not buying this Saints team. Um, You know, they beat up on Bill Belichick and um, Matt Jones and the New England Patriots last week, but they didn't really impress me. And the one thing I like about this Texans team is their offensive line is getting healthier. C.J. Stroud has just been absolutely incredible. You're talking about a guy who's thrown for nearly 1,500 yards in five games, seven touchdowns, still hasn't thrown an interception. Um, Meanwhile, you look at the other side of the ball. I mean, Derek Carr, he's not really impressing me. So let's go Houston Texans plus one and a half. I think you even take the money line, to be honest with you. 
I, I like what you're putting down here. I had two plays, but I'm only going to give out one. Everybody take a look at the total in the Washington-Atlanta game. It's at 42 and a half. I really like the over. Washington has been super susceptible to explosive plays. They're allowing a league high six scoring plays a game, but that's not my play. I'm just encouraging everybody to consider that. My play, my lock of week six is a teaser, of course, because you know how exotic I like to get, JJ. We're taking the Seattle Seahawks from three points up to nine points. In those windy conditions, we didn't even really get a chance to talk about the weather impact on that Seattle-Cincinnati game, but I love the idea of getting two scores on the side of Seattle. Seattle can definitely run the ball. We don't know whether or not Cincinnati can run the ball. So let me have two scores. That's one leg. The other leg, the Philadelphia Eagles in your backyard, JJ, up there at uh, uh, MetLife, only laying seven? Uh, Okay. Let me have a teaser leg right there. Seven down to one. The Eagles by one against the Jets. Seattle up to nine points against Cincinnati. How could that go wrong? Well, the Eagles have never in their history lost to the New York Jets. So take that into account as you fire in that two-team tease. Quickly, guys, I'm making you wait till Monday night. The Dallas Cowboys are not losing to the Chargers. The Chargers are going to have no fans in that building. I think you get a bounce-back effort from the Dallas Cowboys. Nobody wants to bet them after getting shellacked by the San Francisco 49ers. (laughs) Guess what? I want to bet them. I'll be on Dallas. Yeah, we're going to double that. I don't even want to be a fan of that team anymore. I'm disgusted. (laughs) <laughs> well, listen, you can get on the Dolphin bandwagon anytime you want. You're welcome aboard. You are absolutely welcome aboard. So, on that note, I'm recruiting Dolphin fans to any bandwagon you want to join. Get on board for House Raheem. JJ signing off. Good job by the Wargon Warrior. We'll see you guys on Monday. Must be 21 and up in present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit CCPG dot org slash chat in Connecticut 1-800-9 with it in Indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming hope is here Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK in New York.